Don't you just love the Christmas season? I mean, it just brings out uh, so many things. You know, it just walking through the stores, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll ask some of the ladies from different countries later on about this, but, you know, where can you go in the world where you're going to hear God glorified in Sears and Pennies and Target and all these stores where you hear, you know, worship music and it's just, um, it's such a great time of year because our nation, at least presently, still allows these things to happen. We haven't totally pushed God out of the picture, although, you know, there's all the, always these groups that are trying, trying to do that. Last night, uh, Patty and I were able to go to a, uh, uh, like a Christmas singing concert at... Uh, the Dutch Reformed Church. And, uh, you know, there was a mixture of music. There was uh, some of the more secular songs, and then there was some real nice worship Christmas music. And sitting right next to us were our friends, our Jewish friends, who we've been praying for for a while, and they're hearing God and Jesus being glorified in that. So uh, I think kind of Christmas makes things a little easier for us to be able to be a witness in, in some way. And of course, you know, we have uh, a responsibility in that, in, in witnessing, but sometimes we don't know exactly how to, how to come about doing that, and Christmas kind of gives us a little, uh, a little push in, in that direction. So um, that's, I, th- I think it's a really good thing because of that. There's a story that um, I read in one of our meditations one morning that I thought was pretty neat. And it was a policeman pulling over a a person, uh, a lady, that had a two-year-old in the back seat. And the two-year-old did not have a booster seat like is required by law. So the lady should get a ticket, and that's why the policeman was pulling her over. And she said to the policeman, I really can't afford the booster seat. I don't have enough money, you know, to be able to do that. And so the policeman said, get in your car and follow me. And the policeman drove to the nearest store that had that sold booster seats. And the policeman went in and he bought the booster seat himself, came out, set it up for that, for that person to be able to have that. And the analogy here is, this is what Christmas is all about. This is what God the Father did for us. He sent Jesus to pay that price for our sins so that we could be able to worship God and spend eternity with him. So I thought, I thought that was a pretty good analogy. Let's just pray for a second. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For this time, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the season. We thank you for our nation, Lord, that allows us to celebrate this season. Lord, we we just pray this morning, Lord, that uh, our hearts would be open to hear, to receive whatever you would have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. So let's get into God's Word. Let's go to Isaiah 9, which is what we've been 
talking about. I, I love what Jay talked last week about hope and the hope that we have in Christ in here. And in Isaiah 9, I'm just going to start reading in verse 2 and uh, down to uh, uh, 6 or 7 here. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Well, who walks in darkness? And basically, if we don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, we're walking in darkness. And the people in that time, during that era, we're talking about thousands of years ago, who didn't know Jesus, were walking in darkness. But what's the great light? When Jesus came, that was the light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Now, when Jesus came, that was the light. We're the light today. Okay, We have to shine that light of Jesus. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you, according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. I want you to notice the verbs that they're using there. A child is born, unto us a son is given. Use two different, two different verbs. Okay? Jesus has always been a son. So the son can't be born because he's been his son for all eternity. So that's why he's given to us. But a child, he was never a child before, so a child is born, it's new. Okay? And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince, Prince of Peace. And I want to concentrate today on this title of Prince of Peace. Okay, the, when I was trying to think of a, of a, a title for, this, for the message, I came up with No Peace Without the Prince of Peace. Okay, because we don't. We can't have that peace without, without Jesus. John Lennon wrote a song years ago, okay, and uh, it was a very, very popular song. Uh, it goes something like this. Imagine there's no countries. It's, isn't it hard to do? Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger. A brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. And then he goes on to say, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. This song was extremely popular. It was the best-selling single that the Beatles put out. Okay, so we know that a lot of people love this song. But John Lennon was missing something in here. Okay? You can't have that peace that he's talking about without God. Okay? And that's what he was trying to bring out to so many different people was, you know, imagine if we could just do all of this. 
And imagine if uh, we could just share everything and everybody would share everything. I wonder if John Lennon was willing to share all the riches that he had when he wrote this song because uh, he, was, he was really a very, very rich man. The Beatles were so, so successful. Okay? But, but we can't have that peace that, uh, that God, that, that, what, that John Lennon in this case was talking about, without him. It, it's something that just doesn't come without Jesus. And the peace that, that Jesus is, that God's talking about in this verse is something that he desires us to have so much. Uh, and, and you see it so much in Scripture. When you go into the New Testament and you're looking at uh, all the epistles that Paul wrote, one of the first verses in almost every epistle, grace and peace to you. Okay, It was really, really important for uh, God to, to bring that out. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives it. Okay, It's not the peace that we think about in the world. If you ask for a definition of peace, most people would say, well, if there's no war, we have peace. But that's not true. It's actually ridiculous to say that because... There's so much contention in the world that even when there's not a war going on, there's still that lack of peace without God. But God wants us to have that peace sitting in our hearts. Okay? I think of my, my granddaughter sometimes with this. Um, you know, she'll, be, she'll be one uh, next week. And, you know, she'll, she'll come up to me and, and then she'll hold up her arms because she wants to be picked up. And as soon as she's picked up, she kind of cuddles into here, into my, into my shoulder. If she's tired, she'll turn her head sideways and then put it down on my shoulder. And within minutes, she'll fall asleep. That's the peace that God wants us to have in him. He really he wants us to, to be able to share this peace with the world. Like I said before, we can't have it without him. He has to be there with it. Take a look at the um, uh, Psalm 91 for a second, and we'll see that the peace and the security that comes uh, when you have God in living on the throne of your heart. Psalm 91 starts off with, He who dwells or lives in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. Under His wings. So you see that it's the security and the peace that we have when we sit under that security of Him if we have him enthroned in our hearts. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come with you, come near you. Only with your eyes 
shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. See, the, the, the peace that God wants us to have when we can live in that, when we can live in his dwelling. He tells us that there is no peace without that Prince of Peace. And he tells us that in Isaiah. We're going to go back there to um, Isaiah 57. And actually the last three verses of 57. He says, I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. Notice how in the same verses he's talking about peace and healing, how they go together, okay? They're not so uh, separate. They're not two, two different things. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Okay? And God usually defines the wicked as people who don't know him. Okay? When you think of the ocean, you know, I... I Patty and I love to walk on the beach. I mean, that's like one of our favorite things to do when we go on vacation, if we can get near the ocean. No matter how many times you just walk up and down the sand on that ocean, those waves never stop. They always, it's 24-7. You know, there's never a break where they have to take a rest. There's never a peace in the ocean, you know, because those water is always churning. All the sand is always being lifted up and crashed down and everything. And that's what he's talking about here. Just like the ocean, there is no, no peace for the wicked. So it's important that we have, that, that we establish that relationship with Jesus Christ so that he lives in our hearts at all times, okay, that we constantly keep our eyes focused on Him. We keep our eyes focused on Him. It creates this peace in our life. If we, if we feel like our life is always in turmoil, and I'm not talking about the outside things, because those things are, are, are going to happen, you know. There's going to be times when we don't have enough money to, to pay this bill or something like that. You know, those things are going to come, but it's inside that God gives us this peace, and that's where it's got to be at all times. And as long as we have him sitting on the throne of our hearts, then that, um, that, will always, that peace will always be there. So we have this responsibility to bring this out into our nation, into that peace, so that uh, it's not just at Christmas time. I mean, Christmas is the reminder you know, of this time. But not to forget that that is out there. Remember, peace is very important to Jesus. One of the last things he said to his apostles was, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And he wanted us, you know, to have that. And he wants us to live in that peace. Some of, some of that peace comes in our prayer life where uh, he tells us to make sure that uh, we're praying for our leaders. Because in praying for our leaders, we get to lead peaceable lives. You see, if you have leaders that are despotic, that, that are um, uh, 
constantly pressing down on the people. It's very, very hard to live in that peace. So it's, it's important to have leaders that know the Lord, for one, and as, if they do, they will lead in a way that creates this peace that, that we need. Uh, Jesus says another important uh, prayer is that pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Okay, and, and uh, that's important to God. Not only the nation that's out, but that, that, that nation be at peace. So we, we need, as, as this Christmas season rolls on, we need to constantly remember that God wants us to have him sitting on the throne of our hearts. And as long as he is, that we will enjoy the peace of, of, of the Lord that, that he will give us. So, Heavenly Father, we once again thank you for the season. We thank you for the peace that you give us so many times, Lord God, and so many things. And that as we do, Lord God, we get to enjoy you. And that's what we want, Lord. We, we just want you on the throne of our hearts. We want you to, uh, uh, to love us, and you have. And we want to uh, bring that love that you show us into the world and into so many others. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And now... We have a special, special treat. Uh, we have um, our UN delegation here <laughs> from several different countries. And after you, after you play, um, I, I just ask you if you, if you want to. Uh, you guys have a, an idea of what Christmas is like here in America now that you've come here. What's Christmas like in your countries? Maybe if you could um, share that later on, totally up to you, because I don't want to put any pressure on you, but we are looking forward to the music that you're going to play, so come on up. Czech Republic, also working with the girls in Anderson Center. Yeah, I'm Nessa, I'm from Armenia, and uh, okay. we just practice. Uh, we are not professionals, just going to learn. <laughs> we have other professions, but we will like to just play today and sing for you. My name is Lucy, I'm from Czech Republic as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 